Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire, episode 21, I believe. Lucky 21, my old high school sophomore uh, football number. I'm sure you guys knew that. Um, this week, Mr. Adrian Portland uh, from Pottsville Area High School, who runs the planetarium um, and the observatory. Did I say that right? Observatory. Um, went up there. He took me around. I mean, even though I took classes there, it's a lot. It was definitely a lot neater than what I had uh, envisioned um, or remembered from uh, high school. And the view up there is uh, absolutely amazing. So they do an open tour, I guess you could say. Um, I think like once or twice a m every other month or once a month. But just take a look online. Uh, you go to the Pots Area website, school district website, and you'll be able to get it uh, there, all the information, especially with the warm weather coming up. I would definitely take advantage of it. I'm definitely going to do it. Uh, see the stars and uh, kind of, you know, be impressive around your uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be. But Mr. Portland was great, uh, very gracious with his time. Uh, so definitely take advantage of that uh, if you're living around the area. One other thing, too. I'm, I'm thinking about getting rid of the Facebook page. I'm still not sure. I don't really like social media. Uh, I get pretty good traction on uh, Twitter. But if you guys could let me know actually how you heard about podcast, if you're telling other people, that kind of stuff, you could just... Uh, email me, Alfredo McCurry at gmail.com or tweet at me, whatever it is. Let me know because I'm not sure. I, I don't get too much traction on Facebook. Facebook's kind of weird. I'll post something and said like six people saw it, even though the page has like 250 likes. So I'm not exactly sure. I know it's an algorithm. So I, I'll post videos and stuff like that. Like today, I'll post videos of the, um, you know, the observatory and, and the, uh, the planetarium. So before we get to uh, Mr. Adrian Portland, you guys, I want to talk to you about your retirement. If you have any questions at all about your retirement, please reach out to one of our, uh, our, our first sponsor, actually not one of our, our only sponsor, uh, Darren J. March. He is a certified financial planner with Raymond James. Uh, Darren is a Potzel native and has been advising clients for more than 17 years in Northeastern PA. Darren was born, raised, and lives in Potzel. So whether you need stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, or tax favor bonds, or maybe you have an old retirement plan to roll over or your advisor just doesn't keep in touch, Darren could help. Call Darren at 570-640-8010 or email him at darren.march at raymondjames.com. House calls and consultations are free. Raymond James Financial Services, member of FINRA, SIPC, Investment Advisory Services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. And now on to Mr. Adrian Portland. Okay, we are live at the Pottsville Observatory, Pottsville Area High School, with Mr. Adrian Portland, who is a avid listener. So for the listeners correct. out there, keep this as inspiration that you too one day could be on the show <laughs> yourself. Um, <clears throat> so how long have you been teaching for? Uh, this is year number 21. Okay. Uh, I started off my career at uh, Northern Lebanon High School as uh, a long-term sub. And then I spent uh, eight years at Reading High School and uh, have been at Pottsville since 2003. Okay. So is this whole planetarium, is this like your baby? Well, you know, I, I, am, a, I am a bio major and I was a bio teacher. And uh, when I came back to Pottsville, I, I graduated from Pottsville in 1992 and uh, was in the astronomy club and uh, always knew about it and was kind of interested in it. But then when I, I came back and... Uh, you know, got the keys and was able to come up and, you know, whenever I wanted, uh, I, I, I got a, a great interest in 
uh, astronomy and, and learning about the telescope and astrophotography and, uh, and that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much been that way for the last probably four or five years. Great. Now, this is, uh, I did a little research online. So this was in 1966, right? Correct. Now, at one point, there was uh, up to 729 uh, planetariums in the country? Yeah, there were actually quite a few. And, and uh, even, even some other schools, I, I know um, Tamaqua okay. had a, a planetarium. Um, I, I think Pine Grove also had a planetarium All at right. that time. Uh, but as far as I know, this is, this is the only one uh, in the county uh, that's still working. And uh, I think the next closest one, you might have to go down to Boyertown. Right. Boyertown or, has a... Or uh, Lebanon, right? Don't they have one? I think Lebanon might have one. Okay. I know Boyertown has one um, as well. But, you know, like I said, we're, we're, we're very proud of this. Uh, 51 years old and, and still going strong. Now, from, from what I read, so 1966, the Soviets do space travel. So the U.S. feels like they're behind, so they kind of initiate this whole program and they kind of tie it into like self-defense and education. Is that kind of... Yeah, I think, I think where it started is, uh, if you remember, pre uh, Senator at the time, Kennedy, came and spoke in Garfield Square. Okay. Uh, that was, I believe, October of 1960. All right. Uh, and then in 1962, um, President Kennedy challenged... Uh, the United States and, and NASA, you know, the great space race, you know, who's going to get there first, who's going to, and, and Kennedy challenged us to get to the moon mm -hmm. uh, in 62. Uh, so that kind of pushed things forward and really got people's, uh, people excited uh, about space and interested in space. And, uh, you know, some of the people at the time, the superintendent at the time, um, Dr. Alex Addy, uh, and uh, the members of the school board, you know, I guess really made a push and, and, and wanted to have our students here at Pottsville kind of be at the, at the cutting edge. And, sure. and uh, they, uh, for around $120,000, a little over $120,000 back in 1966. It was a lot of money back then, right? Right. It translates to just around a million dollars, a little over a million dollars today. Um, they put uh, the observatory in and also the uh, planetarium um, back in 66. So I think, I, I think it was you know, President Kennedy's push and, 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 and that space race between us and the Soviets that, that really brought this to Pottsville. Yeah, and for, for the listeners, if you, if you go by Pottsville High School, you see that white dome at the top. That's where we're at right now. And you open up the, it's a little cold, but you open up a little bit. So then how does this work? You, this is the telescope here, right? Yep. And you just got this a couple of years ago, right? We just got this back in October. Okay. So and it's brand new. The, the, uh, that one that's sitting on the floor there, uh, that was put in back in uh, the early 90s Okay. Um, to replace the one that was put in uh, in 1966. Um, so we've, we've, we've upgraded. That's a 10-inch that's a um, Mead telescope, uh, LX200, and the one that we have now is a 14-inch LX600. Now, how far could this see? Like what? Like, will you see all the planets with this? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, see, you can see any of the planets in, in our solar system. Um, I mean, obviously, when you when you start talking about um, Neptune and Uranus, you know they're out there pretty far. You don't you don't really see a whole lot with them, but in terms of uh, you know Jupiter, Saturn, you right. can see the rings. You can see the bands on Jupiter. Um, pretty cool to look through. Now I was reading. Uh, you were talking to Mr. Delenic before. He was saying before you would have to take like a picture of what you saw, but now you have like the big screen there. Yeah, we have. We actually have uh, some cameras uh, that were were purchased. We we were uh, very fortunate 
that when we started this um, about three years ago, Scott and I sat down with uh, Dr. Swibel and said, hey, uh, the uh, 50th anniversary is coming up. Mm -hmm. we'd, like to, we'd like to do some things. We'd like, to, um, we'd like to open it up more to the public than it had been over the last couple of years. When it first started, from what I understand, the uh, director at the time, uh, Wayne Smiley, uh, he was a, a brand new teacher that they hired to be the director of um, the what they called the Motivational Science Center, mm -hmm. which is both the planetarium and observatory. He would he would open it up every Friday night, and from what I understand, there were when it first opened, there were lines of people waiting really? to get in. Um, so we wanted we wanted uh, we wanted anybody who was interested in uh, coming up and and taking a look. We wanted them to have access to it. So what we decided to do is um, open it up. Uh, once a month and uh, when we did so uh, we, we started to take some donations and uh, you know over just over about a year and a half we had probably close to thirteen thousand uh, dollars in donations we, we purchased the, uh, the scope and we purchased a whole bunch of some some smaller scopes um, for the solar eclipse that's a solar scope that took place back on uh, August 21st of this year uh, we had a great turnout for an event. We had over 250 people wow. there to see the eclipse, and then we purchased um, some cameras. That so now during the eclipse, you were able to, so you had it right on the screen there? Is that how it worked? Uh, we, didn't, we didn't have the, uh, we had that telescope at the time, the older telescope. Uh, I did have a, a, a white filter on that that you could see uh, a little bit. Um, the smaller telescope was a, a little bit better, hmm. um, you know, because you got to see the, the whole uh, sun instead of just a, a small part of it uh, with the greater magnification of the larger scope but most people you know most people just had the the safety glasses on and were looking up and we had a couple of pairs of uh, solar binoculars yeah I was well. mad I went to Lowe's and it was like maybe like two months before and I saw the glasses and they were like three bucks yeah. I was like ah, we'll just pick them up later and then like know, the it week was, of it, it <laughs> was it was crazy my phone my phone was ringing off the hook uh, we, we, we purchased I think I purchased 275 pairs and you know, early on, a couple people had called. Hey, can can I can I buy a couple pairs off right. you? And I was like, sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, two weeks before, I wish I I wish I would have purchased some more. I know because people were selling eBay. For it like, would have been a, it would have been a great fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sell them for you know five bucks and you know make a little bit of profit. For now, were they like there was like some fraud ones out there you had to watch? Yeah, something? they uh, on Amazon there were uh, a few uh, a few that kind of uh, slipped by that. Uh, you know, th there was a, a big increase in the number of eye injuries. So, know? okay. So if I looked at like, like, like the president looked at, I'm sure like a lot of people like looked at the sun directly, like what would happen? Could you go blind? Oh yeah. 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 If you, if you looked at it for long enough now, in most cases on a, on a normal day, we, you know, a nice right. sunny day, we're going to look up and we're going to look at the sun, yeah. but no one's going to stare at it. Right. The, the reason why I think more of the injuries take place during an eclipse is because an eclipse is taking place and people are, are interested and they want, they want to look and they think, oh, well, you know, if I, if I look for a minute, a minute's not going to do right. anything, but you know, it, it, it definitely can damage the retina and, and, and something that is permanent. Um, so, you know, we, we wanted to make sure we had, we had all approved glasses and we wanted to make sure. Yeah, we I was petrified that day. Like someone had glasses at work and but I was like <laughs> looking down at the ground because I was, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to go blind here. So, okay. So when you come up here, like what, what's like the best way for you to like pass time? Like you, you just look, could you spend hours up here just kind of looking at the, the sky? Yeah, I have to, I have to get this out here now. I have to, I have to thank my wife, Aaron and, and my son. Now my son, a lot of times he's 10. Okay. I mean, he uh, he likes to come up with me. He he actually helps me with a lot of the presentations. Oh, nice! Um, 
So he, he, he enjoys doing that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I could be up here, I could be up here every night. There's, there's always something interesting to look at. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's at all hours. It's, it's crazy. Uh -huh. you know, sometimes, sometimes I'll come up and it'll be, you know, two o'clock in the morning. Oh, really? It, you know, you can't, uh, you can't direct when these uh, astronomical events are occurring. Right. So you have to come up to, to be able to see. So what's your favorite thing? To, like, what's, what's like a phenomenon that you, that you just love? Like I, a, don't know. I mean, there's a lot of really things. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of looking at the planets. Um, you know, Jupiter and Saturn, they're going to be coming up. Now, you, you can see them, you could see them over the last couple of months during the morning hours. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not a big uh, early riser. I'd, I'd rather be up later yeah. at night. So they're, they're going to be visible to us uh, as we get into May. Actually, right now, I was up here last night, um, Venus and uh, Mercury are up uh, okay. just in the, um, uh, the western, northwestern horizon right after sunset. You can see them there uh, not too far away from each other. Do you think there's life on Mars? I mean, I think that uh, I know. I know you talked to uh, to Roger. Roger, yeah. Roger, uh, Roger, and I uh, talk quite a bit through uh, through Facebook and and message back and forth. And uh, you know, they 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 have found some what appears to be fossilized bacterial life that exists. And and that's one I think one of the biggest questions I get during uh, the. Uh, public open houses that we have, you know, do you believe in it, that there's life out right. there? And, uh, you know, you have to be, uh, we'd have to be crazy not to think that, that there's right. not life somewhere in the universe. And I always say, well, you know, it's not, not like the life that, you know, you're, used yeah. to, you're seeing on sci-fi channel. Right. I said, but, but microbial life, you know, there, there has to be. And um, back in September, uh, NASA uh, crashed uh, a spacecraft called Cassini. Cassini uh, was... Uh, on a 14-year mission around Saturn, so it brought back some some beautiful images of Saturn and some of Saturn's moons, and uh, it was kind of getting to the point where um, I guess NASA was concerned that you know it could crash into one of the moons, mm -hmm. and they actually decided to crash it into Saturn's atmosphere because they were afraid that uh, it would crash into one of the moons, and and you know they they believe that some of those moons could have life. So they didn't want the, the spacecraft right. to crash and say, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we go there and we find life. And then, then we couldn't say for sure, well, that life was there or that life was put there by right. Cassini when it crashed. So, yeah, um, I think those people who are doing it, like that trip to Mars, I think they're nuts. Yeah, they I mean, said they're going to come back. But I mean, I mean, it's dangerous. And, uh, you know, I think I think those people are going to go first with, uh, you know, private industry, mm -hmm. Elon Musk. Uh, he's he's doing a lot of push uh, towards that. I mean, NASA has some missions that, but that's 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 well down the road. I mean, they uh, they want to make sure that you know everybody gets back. Right. And uh, you know, I'm I'm concerned just like you. I mean, that that first trip, there's so many things that 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 could go wrong. I mean, if you if you follow any of the uh, Apollo missions, you know, we're all we all know yeah. Apollo 13 from from the Tom right. Hanks movie. Uh, you know, there were a couple other missions that uh, there were some things that that went wrong and, and we didn't think we were going to get those astronauts back. Like how big do you think that's, because I mean, I'm claustrophobic, so I probably wouldn't do good on that. Like, no, middle no, of the you, trip, like, yeah, you're not, uh, they're not giving you a whole lot of space, uh, to travel in those things. Yeah. Now what's your favorite, uh, space movie? Do you think, uh, who do you like better, Apollo 13 or Armageddon? 
I don't know. I, I actually just because just because they were on Netflix. Yeah. I just actually watched both of them within the last maybe, Armageddon is probably maybe two of, three months. Yeah. I, I I mean I. The, the, the star power in Armageddon is... Anytime that's on, I, I stop and watch it. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it, though. Like, they couldn't find astronauts to do it. They had to go find oil dwellers. Sure. Or no, but it, it, it was definitely, uh, definitely an interesting story. I mean, I, 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 I enjoy both of those movies. I was always, uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my uncle, he, he loved Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would I always remember him, you know, watching episode after episode yeah. of, of Star Trek. Yeah, I never watched Star Trek, and then I was a I was a PA for a, a TV show, and my job was to watch all of Star Trek and and tally how many lives <laughs> uh, Captain Kirk saved. Yeah, but like the one episode he saved mankind, so I didn't know how to like I don't tally know how, that. how you quantify yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> now okay what. Another question here I, I saw on your Facebook. What drives you more nuts, flat earthers or people who don't believe we landed on the moon? Uh, I mean, now, now it seems more like the flat earthers, but... Um, and I, mean, I liked your diagram. That made a lot of sense. I'm not a flat earther, but... I, yeah, I, you know, and it's, it, it, it's scary because, you know, the, the kids see that and they kind of catch on to something. And, you know, I have a couple. I have three astronomy classes this semester. I had three last semester. So around probably around 160, 170 kids. And, and there are a few that, uh, that I have this semester that we're actually gonna take uh, a little bit of time toward the end of the school year, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk some of those. Uh, now, do you think they actually believe it, or is it just like a shtick? Uh, you know, I think, I think it's probably more of a stick, but uh, you know, there, are, there are some people out there, you know, you, uh, social media can be a great thing, but you know, when, you're, when you're surfing through, uh, you know, I saw I saw this uh, young man from uh, Houston who did a video and claimed that he was going to prove that the Earth was flat. Yeah. And uh, it was it was just ridiculous. And, Sh- and Shaq thinks well, he it, says he thinks it, it. it was just it was just ridiculous. But uh, I love uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He 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 always comes at those people, and uh, he always has some some pretty interesting posts that uh, that he puts out there too. He uh, scares you though sometimes because he's like really smart. Oh, he is, he's, he's, he's ridiculous. He, uh, he actually was just at, in Hershey. I didn't get a chance to see him. Uh, so I'm hoping he comes around again. He is, he's really interesting. I've read uh, several of his books. Uh, but he, you know, he's, he's kind of down to earth, which is, yeah. which is nice. But then he can, also, he can also turn it up pretty quick. Now, like with uh, Stephen Hawking uh, passing away, like how, how much of a loss is that to the science community? Oh, I mean, it's I mean, it's incredible. He was he was he was one of the greatest minds of of our time, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and you could you could you could put him in, you know, with Galileo and Newton. Um, so it was. Yeah, I mean, we were we were very blessed because you know at age, I believe he was age twenty one when when he was diagnosed, and he was pretty much uh, he was pretty much given only a few years to live. And, you know, he died what, two weeks ago at age 76. Yeah. So we, we were very lucky that we had those, uh, those years with him. And right, right when he was diagnosed was right when he was in the middle of his, uh, his PhD. So he was, you know, wavering back and forth, you know, well, you know, now what am mm. I going to do? I, should I continue my PhD right. or not? And thankfully he chose to do so and, and you know, brought us some, some really amazing information. Great. So, okay, so we're going to go down to the planetarium soon. When's the next uh, open tour here? Uh, the next one is uh, April 16th. I believe it's a Friday, okay. 8 o'clock. Um, all that information can be found on, on the school's website. Right. Uh, my contact information is there as well. We, uh, 
we end up probably having two or three kind of private events uh-huh. that you know people call and they they want to bring family or friends or or um last wednesday i, I had a group of uh stem scouts from frackville here um so we not only do we have the uh, the public open houses but you know anybody that is interested in in coming and you know seeing now you know with the weather the way it's been we haven't we haven't been up here too much. Now, what's the best season? Or is it just any season that brings its own kind of... Well, I mean, any, any season's good. I mean, winter, winter they say, is, is the best time to, to do your star watching just mm-hmm. because the, uh, the atmosphere is, is, is much clearer and, and crisper during the winter. But, uh, you know, when you're up here and it's, you know, 25 degrees and the wind's whipping, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's, not, uh, it's not really a nice time. I, you know, I prefer spring. So the season coming up and... You know, of course, in the summer, you know, it's nice to be up here. Um, it's always impressive. Like if you got on a date with a girl, you could, like I remember like picking some things out that I, you know, learned here at the planetarium. We're like, oh, that's. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's one of the that's one of the biggest things I, I, uh, I, I want. I want the kids when when they get through the courses, you know, there, there's some of the facts they may not remember. Yeah. But I want them to get, you know, the appreciation to, you know, at some point you know, in this day and age, our, our lives are all over the place. And mm-hmm. we always seem to be, you know, five minutes later running right. somewhere here and there. And we, we don't take the time to appreciate, you know, the, the natural world we have around us. And, you know, I, I tell them just you know, take five minutes and, and oh, look absolutely. up. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been very pleased. This is, the, this is the first year I've been teaching astronomy. And I've been very pleased with the number of kids and even parents I run into who say, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so, my son, you know, took me outside and we were yeah. pointing some stuff out. So, so that's always that's always a good feeling when that happens. Great. Okay, so we've now moved down to the planetarium, and for those of you who've never been in here, it's basically like a, a white dome, and it actually sounds like I've never been to space, but it's, it has that little like sucking sound. Like yeah, I can't say it. I, I've I've not been in space either, but uh, it, it does have a, a very unique sound, especially as you get towards uh, the center of the machine, but. Uh, it's a it's a 30 foot uh, diameter uh, dome, so it is a it's a fairly mm-hmm. nice sized dome um, in terms of of planetariums. So you're able to fire it up then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the controls here. Look, it does look like 1950s. Like <laughs> it is. What you see is what was put in in 1966. Uh, this this panel over here, the new light panel, we had uh, some new digital lights put in probably about six years ago. Okay. Um, but other than that, uh, everything is is pretty much. Okay. So now where where are we gonna go? What are we gonna look at here? Well, we'll just we'll, we'll just put some stars up. Okay. Let's see. Okay, it's dark. Yeah. So this is this is set up uh, when we go through our astronomy courses um we started off with with what we would call the winter sky okay now um the stars are always constantly moving but usually we say that 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 at certain times of the year constellations are 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 better to look at Uh, so constellations that we're looking at right now um within the next month or so uh, many of them will will disappear below the horizon and we won't be able to see them again okay uh, until um probably late summer, really, really early in the morning and into the fall when they start to, to come back around. And again, that has to do with us moving around um, 
the sun and, and everything else moving as well. So this, this kind of a setup is, is probably right around uh, January, okay. uh, January evening. So if you look to the south, and I, I shut the lights off, I don't yeah, have I my, my pointer over yeah. here. But uh, if you look up from the south, you can, you can see a uh, constellation. It's a very well-known constellation. Sure. You know that one? Uh, Any chance? Hold on, wait. Don't tell me. The, the, the three, three stars? Right yeah, in a row, that's, yeah. uh, Is that Pegasus? No. no, Orion. That's Orion. Orion, yeah, there we okay. go. So Orion is a, is a very big constellation. It's a very bright constellation. There's a shield, right? Yeah, you have, uh, depending on... Depending on on how you look at it depicted. Sometimes it's depicted as a shield because Orion is the great hunter. Sometimes it's, it, sometimes he has a, you know, a tiger or something over his arm that he just, uh, you know, hunted. Um, but it, it's a, it's an easy constellation to see. Uh, if you go to the kind of orange star in the upper right of Orion, yeah. um, that's Betelgeuse. Uh, that's okay. a very bright star. Um, I think it's probably around, 11, 12 on the list of brightest stars we can see. Hmm. And then catty corner from diagonal from that is another bright star called Regal at the bottom. Um, and that's like six or seven um, on the list. So it's made up of a, a lot of really bright stars. I think one of the big things that uh, when people sit down and, and they look at the stars here in the planetarium is they're, they're overwhelmed by the number of stars yeah. that you see. You, you're never, when you go outside in Pottsville or anywhere here in Schuylkill County, um, even in a really dark place, uh, you're not likely to see all of these stars. Uh, pretty much for, for Orion, you know, just the really, really, really bright stars around are the ones, the, the three in the belt, uh, the two on the top, the two on the bottom um, that we see here. So there's, there's a lot of other stars that are depicted in the dome here that because of light pollution, we just are never, never going to see, um, you know, unless you go to a really dark place. Now the stars again. Just refreshing my memory here. The, the, obviously, they don't look like a star, like you draw on a piece of paper. But like, is it like a gas? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's uh, most of the universe is is made of just helium and hydrogen and helium. So uh, most of what you're looking at there, just like our sun, is is hydrogen and helium. And there's uh, uh, nuclear fusion uh, reactions that are occurring to produce uh, the light. And we've all heard the, you know, the little nursery rhyme, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Mm -hmm. um, that's how you tell the difference between a star um, and a planet. Uh, planets aren't going to twinkle. Planets are just reflecting the, the light from the sun, whereas hmm. stars are actually generating um, their own uh, light. Now, when you come here for a tour, do you play music as, you, as, does it, as it rotates? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big. I, I'm more of a, a of a. I like to throw on the the waves. Okay. Like some ocean waves or some nature right. sounds. Uh, Little pink you know, Floyd. Maybe? Yeah. Well, you know that that's not my thing. We, uh, you know, uh, we we can't go through this podcast without uh, giving a shout out to Tom Guzik. Yeah, I was just gonna say. That I mean, he's uh, he, he he he's the man here. He uh, he was here for I believe 38 years uh, in control of uh, the console here. Uh, and he knows this thing in and out. And uh, his his big thing was, you know, Pink Floyd. Yeah. So uh, as much as I uh, enjoy Pink Floyd, I'm I'm more of a, like I said, I, I'm more of a like a nature sound, uh, you know, some thunderstorms or some rain or waves or something like that uh, when we're looking at the stars. Yeah. And I, I know we were talking before. I mean, he, he's like a, a magician on this thing. I remember, I remember in high school, he'd just be pointing around, moving around. I couldn't believe that he was 
Oh, because yeah. it's hard to it's, orient yourself at first. You know what I mean? To figure yeah, out. Yeah, if you start, if if you start moving around, and and you'll notice, and we have the light on in the back, yeah. so it's not as dark as it usually is. But uh, after a few minutes, your eyes adjust, and you can kind of move around pretty well. But it it is kind of crazy once you start to even just move around the 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 planetarium here. Sometimes you do lose your uh, your uh, your way a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. So now, you know, we were talking about before that the you know there's the amount of planetariums in the country are, is decreasing. In your opinion, why is this important? I mean, people, you know, every year with the federal budget, they try to cut back on NASA and stuff like that. And I guess a lot of people always say, well, why do we need to go to space? But, you know, in your opinion, why, why is this important for a young, you know, student? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, first of all, it, it, it's something that uh, from young to old uh, brings out enthusiasm. Anytime you can, you can find something that uh, in, in the scientific field that you can get people enthusiastic about and, and, and asking questions. Uh, I think that, that, that is one of the most important things. Um, unfortunately, in, in this day and age, and you know, with, with all the technology that we have and you know, kids who are very young, you know, playing on iPhones and things sure. like that, you know, it, it, it's, it's, tough to, it's, it's tough to find something that kind of catches their attention. And, um, you know, you could take, some people say, you're, you're crazy. Sometimes you, you, you know, you, I have, uh, you know, a full house of, of like eight, nine, 10 year olds yeah. in here. And, you know, before it, they're, they're running up and down the halls right. and screaming. And, uh, you know, once, once, once we start going in here, question after question, I mean, we, we could usually, I try to keep them, uh, the presentations to, you know, about a half hour, uh, 45 minutes and that's that's me giving a little bit of intro and then shutting the lights off right but you know it, it, it usually ends up being somewhere around an hour or an hour and a half with with all the questions sure. and, and and that's 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 I think what is is the most important thing is is you can get people interested and it, I don't think it's quite as as it was I, I mean I was born in 74 so I can't speak uh, I wasn't there during it but but during the great space race in the early 60s uh, through the early 70s, you know, there was a huge interest in space. And I, I think uh, I think a lot of that interest is is coming back here uh, just within the last couple of years. And, and a lot of the really cool missions that um, that NASA is doing. We have a, a, a graduate uh, of Pottsville Area High School, Ben Serrano, mm -hmm. who um, is actually working on a project for NASA called the James Webb Space Telescope. Okay. It, uh, it was supposed to launch um, in uh, the spring uh, or the fall of this year, but they pushed it back, and it looks like they're probably going to push it back a little bit more. But uh, more or less, it's, it, it's going to be uh, much more powerful than the Hubble Space Telescope. Wow. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, it's going to allow us to be able to look um, back, basically back in time. Uh, and what I mean by that, for example, you, you take a look at some of these stars up here, and, and to us, uh, from our viewpoint right now, it looks like they all are all kind of together, mm -hmm. and and in reality, some of them could be, uh, some of them could be, you know, five million miles from here. Oh, wow. Some yeah, could be like, hundred yeah. million miles right. from here. So we we usually talk light years uh -huh. um, in here. So um, you know, there's there's some stars in uh, Orion that are 600 light years away. So when you're looking at those stars, you're looking, you're looking at light from 600 years ago. Huh. If you wanted to see what they look like today, you'd have to wait 600 years oh, wow. for that light to get here. So, you know, when you start talking that, the, the universe is, is just so huge. And, and when you start to talk numbers like that, um, 
you know, it, it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. You mentioned uh, the was it Ben Serrano? You said Ben Serrano, yeah, correct? Um, actually, the guy there's a guy from Old Forge. I tried to get him. He was uh, when they said Houston, we have a problem. He was one of the guys who oh, was a, he was an engineer. Amazing. Yeah. So he, he, I mean, he was one of the NASA engineers, I guess, to get him back. Yeah, so we're, we're really excited about that. Ben actually came in and uh, for our October um, open house, he came in and, and did a presentation on the, uh, on the James Webb Telescope. So we're, we're excited about that. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Ms. Portland. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Sure. And I just, just before we go, I just, I, again, I, I have to thank uh, Dr. Swibel and, and the school board. Um, and, and the administration here, they, they have been uh, on board from, from mm -hmm. day one. Um, and and I, I did want to mention one more thing. Uh, as unfortunate as it was that the, the Pearl Theater closed, mm -hmm. uh, we were able to obtain uh, purchase. Oh, uh, I was here last time when I did. Uh, we were able to purchase um, some seats. So come this summer, the uh, 1966 seats that are here as much as uh, we appreciate them and, and would hate to see them go. We're going to get some more comfortable seats in here this summer. So. Oh, nice. Great. Well, a lot to look forward to here. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you very Thank much. You. Appreciate it. Yep. Hopefully you enjoyed that. It definitely was a, a pleasure to go up there and actually do the interview as we walked around. Uh, but again, uh, if you like this podcast, uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Maybe at Easter dinner on uh, Sunday. You know, just... Uh, Light the room on fire with some great conversation pieces and tell them all about the Coal Region Campfire. But see you guys next week.